We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Drop in a basketball mania for team over at Underdog Fantasy with the Basketball 3 regular season winner, King Cap. That is what we are doing today on Road of His OT. We had a fun kind of preview show. We talked through his experience off winning that last year. We talked through some of our thoughts on what we might do in this draft and much more on our Monday edition of Road of His Overtime. So check that out if you haven't already. We're going to be drafting right now, right here. We're going to find out as we talk what our draft slot is talked about it you seem to want to draft at the the right hand side of the board so a late round pick so we'll see what we get here did do a tweet over the weekend to find out what the listeners wanted us to do sean i was asking if we should do a robust running back draft or a zero rb draft very very close here 45.5 versus 54.5 in favor of zero rb so we'll, we'll see what drafts that we get and we'll see what we pull off here king cap what are you hoping to do here today well, I'm hoping to do zero RB, and I think that it's we're talking about uniqueness. I think it's pretty unique to do zero RB on the left side of the board. What are you thinking, Sean? We get the 104 here. We're we're up and we're in an interesting spot. Yeah, I I think this is a good place to be. It's not my favorite, as we mentioned on the previous show. I love those picks where you can have two first round talents, you know, at the back half of the draft, and yet when you're looking here, there's a decent chance to get. Cooper Cup, who I think could easily finish as the overall top player in fantasy this season. Obviously, you're not going to get Justin Jefferson or Jamar Chase there. Cap Tyreek Hill or Christian McCaffrey. I mean, obviously, to draft zero RB, we've got to go with Hill. But in a vacuum, what pick do you like if it comes down to those guys? Um, between the two, I mean, I prefer either. I mean, McCaffrey is such a big talent with probably by far the biggest ceiling as a running back. I like Cooper Cup the most out of those three. I love that Week 17 game. I think that, first of all, the Giants secondary, we saw what they did for me when the Eagles played them <laughs> Week 14. I mean, they're 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 not a good defense, although they, they did get that one cornerback. Cooper Cup is my favorite here. I, and I like getting some later pieces like a Jalen Hyatt or, you know, anybody. So you mentioned Jalen Hyatt. We have a lot of Wandale, and the issue there, obviously – is injury. He seems to me like the pretty clear top receiver on their team. If 
you know, if he can play. The other thing, though, I mean, Blair Andrews has written some great pieces on Jalen Hyatt. We had Hyatt ranked, you know, above most sites during prospect season. Still tried to add him quite a bit in Dynasty. Are you pushed off of him at all by, you know, sort of the offseason puff pieces featuring other pieces of this New York Giants passing game? No, I'm not. And I mean, he actually had a huge week for me in, in DFS in college. But uh, no, I mean, I, I'm big on Jalen Hyatt. They also traded up to get him. It was Dayball's first trade up. I mean, I'm, I'm huge on Jalen Hyatt. And I prefer that this this random piece of one day working with the third team. I mean, uh, you get him much cheaper, pretty much free. We don't need him to go off into the playoffs. We honestly prefer that doesn't happen. So we get lower advanced rate Hyatt. I mean, I'm very big on Jalen Hyatt. And I'm happy to hear that you guys were too. It's going to be interesting to see now as these camps start and as reports start coming out with either injuries, players getting negative buzz and those camp reports, how quickly they drop in these drafts. And then when you're in a draft, if it's currently that they're in a situation where, you know, maybe they're a 14th round ADP, are we waiting at all? Are we taking them at the same ADP? Are we are we trying to get them in the, the 16th? You know, it's going, to be, it's going to be interesting to see that happening with the, the volume of drafts going through here at, at Underdog. How do you feel about that, Sean? Yeah, I mean, I'm excited about the news. I'm excited about the values. And, you know, you kind of hope that your guys get just enough buzz that you can feel comfortable, (laughs) but not so much that it really starts to move their ADPs. One of the things that Kat mentioned in the previous show that I thought was a great note is that sometimes you can get scared off a little bit if a guy is now rising up. you know, one round maybe ahead of where you really wanted to take it. Now you need want to be aware of value. You also want to be aware of what your exposures were. We tend to draft really high exposures to those guys early, and then we can let that exposure balance out once they've risen. But Cap, I thought that was a great note. Are there guys yet who already kind of fit into that category for you? Well, uh, Sky Moore, definitely. He's risen about a round, and I still take him. I mean, all the wide receivers, really, although those people rose from May, so I'm not too concerned. But Sky Moore is definitely that kind of player. Jerome Ford, I mean, I'm pretty big on the, the Browns' running attack. They were first in explosive run rate, so I'm not concerned that Jerome Ford rose a lot. But, yeah, Sky Moore definitely fits that build for me. What about you? Moore is one I'm still taking. Elijah Moore. I mean, those second-year guys, I think, can rise. We'll have some of the zero RB targets who can move up a little bit. We have this, you mentioned the Week 17 game. The Week 16 game with the Saints, also a little bit interesting once you have Cup. And just to for listeners who couldn't tell, we did get Cup falling to us at the 104. So we were able to get Cup, keep the zero RB train rolling. We didn't have to move for McCaffrey there or take the slight consolation prize of Tyreek Hill. I say that Hill could finish as the easy top player. I was going to mention Olave has that week 16 game, but he does go one spot ahead of us here. It's looking like T Higgins or Devonte Smith cap, which direction should we go? I mean, I prefer Devonte Smith. You have the pedigree of being huge on Devonte Smith last year. I will say about Olave is I'm pretty wary of the saints. I think Dennis Allen's a terrible coach. So I would bump all the Saints down a bit. But Olave definitely could be in for a massive year with a bit of a QB upgrade. But I'm very wary of taking any Saints, especially the running backs, because Kamara was in a committee with the injured Mark Ingram. Now you add two fresh people to the backfield. I'm very wary of taking a Saint. We are two selections away, and we're in a situation now where the kind of top players on the board would be mainly running backs here, Stevenson, Gibbs, 
Jalen Hurts is a, an option that would potentially be available. We haven't gone as much elite quarterback at that end of the elite quarterback scale recently, but with having um, Devontae Smith there might come into play. What are your thoughts here? Who would your preferred option? We're going to let you make the the tiebreakers here, Cap, because... Yeah, no I appreciate that. I mean, I want your guys' input too. Uh, my, my pick here would either be Hurts or Debo. I mean, maybe we go Debo and then uh, wait for Fields because we were talking about Fields. Yeah, I think I think it could be interesting to to go that way here in this draft. The way things are rolling so far, Sean, myself, and yourself haven't drafted on our co-managed drafts anyway. Much Debo Samuel is Samuel somebody who you're optimistic about in 2023? Obviously, when we were drafting in 2022 last year, that the price really was you know screaming up to a very very high level. Still in the the mid third round, we take him here at the 304. How, how's your feelings here on, on Debo? Yeah, in the sort of perfect draft articles or the articles, uh, the underdog workshop, I should say, we're going through the different structures that you can use. We're going through what the roster construction explorer tells us about how these work and how different structures work together, what you need to do to make different draft attacks come through for you. Because obviously what you draft early is going to have a big impact on how you want to move as you go through it. But Debo Samuel has been a consistent target in those. I've started to refer to him as the most undervalued player in fantasy. And so taking him six spots ahead of ADP here is definitely not something that I'm worried about at all. I I think I think Cap has a smile on his face hearing that after making the, making the call on it. Sean, if we put up the draft board, I'm interested to see his heart still go with the 308. I do believe that may be the AJ Brown drafter who at this particular point in the draft, you know, gets him seven picks it isn't actually the aj brown drafter also passed on hertz which is is quite interesting the, I, to be able i know it's we were talking about the uniqueness of certain rosters but i think if you were doing it from that pick there probably isn't that many jill hertz aj brown rosters um with a saquon barkley mixed in between so that that's uh strange we both passed over uh, on him so we'll see if we get back uh, and maybe we we link into hurts a little bit later myself and sean on uh there goes fields as well at the uh, 402 so that's not happening uh, a little bit earlier than he has been going and drafts usually in the, the fifth round we have been talking on some of our recent shows some of our post shows when we're finished about the the tight end landscape uh, and how to approach that this all stemmed from a tj hawkinson draft we did last week how are you feeling about the tight end position are you happy to wait on those guys i guess from the greg dulcich level onwards in the double digit rounds are you trying to get one of those elite guys and have you any preference for your targets i'm trying to get an elite guy especially pitts i like waller too waller would fit in this build but because you know we're doing one draft and we're trying to get my spice in it i would definitely take pitts um i'm i'm pretty low on judy too because I think they're not going to be passing too much. I'm seeing him in the queue, but um, yeah. We're going to have to kick him off the show, Sean. Is that okay? (laughs) No, no, no. This is, this is the perfect draft. And so, yeah, it's going to be, it's going, it's going to be fun. So we, uh, we are one selection away with the names that are in the queue. We have Godwin, Judy, Kenneth Walker, Hopkins, Waller, Pitts. Uh, Any of those standing out at our current pick, we're going to be picking here at pick 45. Those guys kind of ADPs ranging. Know, between 40 and uh all the way down to kind of 70 at this point well watson and london are the targets for me but i don't want to you guys seem to be low on those two so <laughs> you can do the tiebreakers here we have 18 seconds left to go 
Um, we're gonna hit some some Christian Watson. That'll be perfect for Colin. He gets his Green Bay player in there. We get Green Bay at a four pick discount. We have the four wide receivers to start. We're getting set up for these tight end selections. It's looking very very good. What's the argument for Watson at price versus D uh, versus Romeo Dobbs at price in a passing game where? There might be some question about the QB. Jordan Love has generated rave reviews. Are you buying that the Packers are going to be able to support some explosive fantasy wide receivers? I'm going to try and add one more thing to that. Does it have to be one versus the other at price? Can it be the two of them with Jordan Love? Yeah, I mean, I'm down to do both. I mean, I think it's an undervalued offense where Jordan Love, I mean, follow the trend. They had Favre and they had Rodgers. Now they have Love. I mean, I think that, you know, there's uncertainty there, and that's something I like to target in best ball especially. So I think I love the Packers this year. That's a d- division we like with the Lions, the Bears. I'm down to go um, either Ayuk or JSN here. You know, get JSN and then plan on pits, but I'll definitely, I'm definitely down for anyone here. And then I'll talk a bit about Watson. You like uh, JSN over Godwin, yeah? JSN, yeah. And then we can get pits on the return because JSN's not falling to us. And this is, you know, a Seagull draft. We both love JSN. Sean, were you thinking there about uh, stacking up the 49ers? I see you had Ayuk at the top of the list, even over Godwin there. Well, we could put more of that together. I think that uh, I probably prefer to do Debo with Dotson and create the path to both of those quarterbacks late, especially after we decided to go with passing on we, ha- we have created the path though to jordan love as we discussed there that was uh, why we did christian watson <laughs> i haven't been as excited about the path to jordan love because you got some passing questions and he doesn't actually run and so that part for me from a fantasy perspective is a little bit tricky but i mean if cap is telling us to do jordan love late then again I mean, we're going to do that so i don't i don't have any issue there i'm excited for the possibility of pits coming back to us and then obviously we have these possibilities also with dotson yeah. with uh maybe we get swift and pair him up with uh because i don't really like taking six wide receivers in a row i do like dotson maybe we push him for for samuel but i mean love came in randomly against the eagles he was not expecting to play and i mean he played only like 11 plays but he played well during those 11 plays i'm i'm I definitely think he's a value. I mean, he might not pan out, but when you're tr- you're trying to buy uncertainty because the range of outcomes can be massive and they're very cheap. And so we've been really leaning into late QB this season. And I mean, the question here with Howell is, will he get benched? If he doesn't get benched, I, he's going to be a top 10 quarterback. And so I don't see how you can't have extreme exposure there. Brock Purdy is going to run one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL. Desmond Ritter has both Kyle Pitts and Drake London, and he has a little bit of rushing ability. I think he's going to add some points with his legs. Cap, when you look at those profiles versus the history of late QBs in best ball, which has been catastrophically bad, how are you balancing those two elements? I'll definitely like to get an elite quarterback like Fields or 
you know, potential one in Richardson or, or Danny Dimes, but I'm fine pushing it. There's always one or two. Like Joe Burrow was going really late two years ago. Josh Allen was going really late three years ago. Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence were going late last year. So I think there's always one or two quarterbacks that late that hit. I mean, the chances of one of those dudes hitting is low, but I think one of them will hit. We are we are coming up in two picks time. Uh, Pitts has gone in that meantime. Um, so we have a situation here where we have a lot of options available to us over our next two selections. So we have DeAndre Swift in the queue, Darren Waller, Dotson, Pickens, Goddard, Burks. All those guys go in kind of a, a 10 pick range here. We have started off with five running backs. You mentioned you mightn't want to go with a, uh, or sorry, <laughs> five wide receivers, sorry. Uh, and uh you know, not go for the sick, but we're coming up here in our pick. Is there any names there that are really stand out? Dotson was the one I was going to pitch to take that little bit earlier before the turn, but he does go. Um, anyone here standing out for you in this queue? Yeah, I think we go Swift and then Waller. I mean, I'll, Swift was a one-two turn pick last year. We saw what the Eagles running back did for my team. I mean, Eagles running backs are just a total smash because they're going to put up a ton of points in the first half, and then they're going to run the ball. We get a huge talent in Swift. And why are the Eagles running back so cheap? So I, I'm, I'm predicting that the Eagles running back will be on the uh, regular winning, regular season team again. I don't know what you guys feel about that. Have you a strong preference for Swift over Penny? Or are you happy to take either one? I do have a strong preference for Swift over Penny, especially at this part of the draft season. I don't. Maybe Penny could rise if it's like confirmed he's going to get a big workload, but I see more risk with Penny right now, and I, I see Swift as a huge value. Although I like to get them both as well. And when we are up here in, in two picks again, uh, Waller is an option. The other tight end that would be in this range is uh, Dallas Goddard. We have tra- Trevor Lawrence as a potential quarterback option. George Pickens is there as well. Um, Waller with that Week 17 correlation with uh, Cooper Cup, is that your strong preference here as well? I was going to say Waller or Goddard. I do believe that Elite Goddard did go, yeah. Yeah, Goddard went. So I'm I'm thinking Waller. What are you guys thinking? Yeah, the only other consideration would be Pickens opposite uh, JSN and creating that Week 17 play. Um, yeah, let's go with let's go with Waller here. I wanted to ask you about Goddard with Smith without the QB. Do you like to put two members of the passing game together there and bet on that offense? We also already have a running back from that team. You like betting in that direction even without the QB? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I think that that's like one of the most prolific offenses in the league and Hertz can put up, you know, a major week, but I think other quarterbacks can somewhat match him. So I I love getting pieces of that offense. The concern there is that they're up so much in the division that come week 17 that they don't need their guys. But I think the Giants will improve this year. We already saw a massive improvement from the Giants when it comes to red zone success last year, like a 25% boost to fifth most in the league and actually the bills fell in red zone success rate so you see the effect of day ball there i think another year in that offense the giants are a great offense to target so i think that division will be more competitive i love getting eagles players what about you guys i think you're spot on with the you know them them being an offense to absolutely target i think it gets a little bit tricky with the guys going in the first two rounds obviously we usually see within three and a half rounds the quarterback and the two wide receivers going and i think that can make it challenging if you're trying to pay up at that end but i think adding these pieces as you go through and that's one of the reasons why i like penny as well if it's a case that you're picking and you you skip on swift there swift goes when you're then in the ninth or tenth round if you have the option then to get penny i think 
again, it's going to be a high scoring offense. We have seen Swift have some injury issues. So I, I'm kind of drafting both of those guys, and there's a couple of running back, or backfields that I'm doing that with this year. So I, I'm happy to get either or. And I think both myself and Sean, we have soft spots for for Penny. Penny's issue has always been staying healthy, but when he has been healthy, it's been very good. So I, I like, again, like you're saying, targeting that offense and getting those options. Sean, or the, sorry, the other question I had for you, Cap, was on that last pick, we take DeAndre Swift. Dotson went two picks ahead. That's a decision usually that I find very tough where I probably lean Dotson and then I'm coming back later to try and get Penny in that situation. Would you be going Swift there over all the players that went in that range? So we have Miles Sanders, Dotson, Pierce, Swift, Lockett, Cam Akers, Jordan Addison. Well, I'd definitely go Pitts if he was there, but I wouldn't go Dotson there because we already have five wide receivers. But I was going to suggest Dotson there because, uh, you know, we're drafting with Siegel. So, um, you know, uh, I... I would have gone Dotson there for the vibes, but I, I don't like going six straight wide receivers. I'd rather go Swift or Pitts. I think Swift is a massive value. The other reason why I don't get to Penny is because A-Chain goes in that range, and I do believe A-Chain is going to rise like four rounds minimum. I think the gap between him and Gibbs is way too way too far. So, so I, he's I, somebody we're going to have to start, Sean, to add into a queue here coming up to make sure we have a, an option to get him. Um, you mentioned not wanting to go six straight wide receivers. Is that that you're wanting to have at least one running back, say, through eight rounds, for example? Is there is it like you don't mind having a five wide receiver, elite tight end, elite quarterback through those seven rounds, or is there exactly? I don't care about pushing running back. I I I, I was thinking we push running back as far as possible for the you know the name of Rotoviz and the zero RB, but I don't care about. I think this fits into a zero RB build what we've done so far so uh, we'll we'll see how the rest of it plays out but it's just um, interesting what the team we've set up but I I do think Swift is one of the first running backs I'm really in that range looking to potentially take a a detour for so we have added A-Chain to the queue he is somebody who will be going maybe in another round's time Mm -hmm. or making that third selection from this point in time Sean has added Javante Williams, Bateman um, to the queue as well any other players in this range that go or is there any of those players that you're not interested in well no i mean i i think javante is a major smash i think but we do see watson fall but uh javante is a smash i noticed you have james cook very high in your rankings how i love james cook too i think he's very talented how do you feel about him versus damian harris sean i i just think you have to bet on the guy that they drafted the guy who has the speed, the guy who has the breakout potential. I, I get these plays wrong from time to time. You obviously will, but you just have to be loaded up on that type of option as you go through your drafts, especially at that price. To get the guy that the Bills are betting on at those prices, I mean, I realize the Buffalo Bills have not been great for running backs, but you're talking about potentially the best offense in the NFL. It, that That price doesn't make any sense to me. And so I have a lot of that. It's really exciting to hear all of this talk about DeAndre Swift. He's my version at running back. I said that Debo Samuel is the most undervalued player in drafts. DeAndre Swift is the most undervalued running back. He's my highest rostered running back. It's great to get the King Cap seal of approval there. Where should we go here? This is a little bit of a a flatter area where ADP suggests that we're going to be right in the range to get a chain coming back, but we don't have to risk it if we don't have somebody I think else. We take it. If we have Cap take, talking it up, I think we take him. What do you think, Cap? Uh, I, I don't want to take Deshaun Watson anyway. I don't know what. Is Richardson available or no, just Watson? You want Richardson? Richardson or Danny Dimes? So I have selected 
Richardson a couple times when he has been a good round and a half below ADP. Um, and is that because you love the late round QBs? In part, it is. In part, I also think that Richardson is going to not play that much this year. And okay. so, or, or at least there's that risk. And so at this price, I also think it's almost exclusively a rushing path. And so even then, I mean, you've got to have something to augment that a little bit. So you mentioned a couple of running quarterbacks in this range. Obviously, there's a lot of focus on some of those names because the hybrid quarterbacks have you know, a path to more production. And yet, one of the things that I did in a recent article was look at the rushing quarterbacks in year one. Their performance wasn't anything special. And most of those guys were priced more effectively than Richardson. Do you really want to get a rushing QB if you don't get a hybrid QB? I mean, if you don't get an elite QB? Definitely, definitely. And I think they're, they're value. The reason I like Richardson is no specifics. Just I feel like his range of outcomes is really wide. And I said earlier, I like to target uncertainty. So that's why I like Richardson. I have no data or take to back it up. I just go for players that have huge range of outcomes and could have a massive ceiling compared to ADP, but I'm definitely, well, that's why we want to draft with you on, on, uh, you know, like every team because Colin and I are just like, what's the, what's the riskiest player at this draft slot? Yep. That's our guy. So perfect. Absolutely. Perfect. I, would, uh, I do think, I do think for obviously the, the talk up of a chain, obviously earlier in the draft and then he's in a zone there where he may have cut back to us, but he may not. But I do think with the wide receivers that we built up there, through the opening five rounds, then obviously we get Darren Waller. To have Swift, Williams, and A Chain with those three running backs through, um, you know, our nine selections at this point, I think that that's a strong with the wide receiver core to have those running backs with an elite tight end that we could possibly have done at this point in time. The key and here I prefer would to be have, I prefer to have Jones with Waller and playing off of Cup than I would Richardson. And I mean, even though he, by ADP doesn't quite come back to us, one of the things, Cap, that I've had a lot of success with this year is setting up teams with multiple pathways and then taking quarterbacks actually at like a full round discount as opposed to paying a full round premium, as I know some drafters like to do to make sure they lock in their stacks. What has your experience been drafting QBs? Well, I found the rooms to be very casual this, this summer. So I find that quarterbacks get sniped often. I like the idea. I've never really thought of that. And yeah, Danny Dimes falls right into our pocket and we guaranteed. And I love the idea of getting either, you know, Dobbs to come back to us or we could go Elijah Mitchell with, with Debo, but I love getting Dobbs. I mean, this is a, a classic Sean pick right here. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I, I see my quarterbacks getting sniped often. I, I find these rooms to be very casual. But. It seems to be happening more and more frequent. And even some of the YouTube videos that I've posted over the, the last couple of weeks of the drafts that we've done, people have been saying that in their experiences, it's happening more and more where they're just getting, you know, sniped on a quarterback when they have set up kind of the stack throughout the draft. And then, you know, it's they're going that little bit earlier, like we've seen here. In this case, it was that us and the other drafter of AJ Brown passed on Hertz, but we're seeing it happen the opposite way where maybe somebody has a, a Tyreek or a Waddle and obviously know they're hoping to get Tua or somebody's hoping to get Kirk Cousins, for example, and they're happening that way. The interesting thing that could possibly set up here, though, with the way Sean has talked about, you know, trying to pick those players and then have potential other paths. 
if it is a case here that we would see Dobbs lasting us two more picks, you could potentially have a team that is then set up from that Packers side. That mightn't be something that Sean wants to do, but it gives you some interesting options. But also with the Giants now with Waller and Jones, that's going to lead to some of those later round uh, slot receivers, let's call them for the Giants. There's like 72 of them at this point that uh, you, you can pick to, to add into that Giant side of things. Dobbs makes it back to us. There is some other options here. Myers is there. Dalton Kincaid. Cole Komet. Um, and on Dobbs here. Yeah, let's go Dobbs. I saw this you. Seems had- like a pure pick to just like we're, we've set a bet up here for Sean earlier in the draft where he said pick one or the other at you know at price and we've we've drafted both of them. Um, you know, Watson five picks after ADP, but we've both of them now. Sean, how do you feel about a complete Green Bay stack here with adding Love as your second quarterback here? Do you love I that? love it. I mean, you're going to be decked out in your Packers gear all season. I can't give you a hard time about Aaron Rodgers. I actually, I actually have paid no Cap when he's coming on so. here. I, I've paid him to come on and exclusively draft it. That's the whole the whole point of this has been to draft a Packers team because I, I don't want to put that across when I'm drafting. So it's working out well. Cap, you mentioned not wanting to take too many receivers or the six wide receivers to start. Where do you like then to come back through and pick up those next guys? Yeah, I like this range. I like this range a lot. I, I like Shahid. I like, um, obviously, Hyatt, um, John Mechie. But I like uh, this range right here, too, with Dobbs, with Mooney, um, some other players I'm forgetting. But uh, I, I don't like Mooney or Komet without Fields. I said that earlier. Like, I just think if they go crazy in the playoffs, like, Fields is going to go absolutely nuclear. I saw Herbert was was put up in the queue, and I just – I think Roshan's the better talent. So I've been really taking Roshan and really passing up on Herbert. But, um, yeah, I like Dobbs a lot. I like Sky more. With somebody like a Waller, you mentioned you want to get that elite tight end. Are you looking then to wait quite a bit on tight end? Are you looking to set it up for a two tight end build? Or are you, you, are you mainly going three tight ends with maybe an early and two lits? Or, or how you I like going two tight ends, but actually three tight ends by uh, Leone was shown to be a bit more EV, but I've really gotten on to Greg Dulcich of late. Thanks to Sean. <laughs> so I like to go Waller Dulcich, but obviously I think Dulcich is gone here. Dulcich is gone. Yeah. Um, Blair Andrews had a great article last week, looking at some of the options, you know, kind of from Dulcich downwards, seven potential targets and, and Dulcich really um, some interesting stats in that for him for last season, which you're getting into the, you know, Sam Laporta range. Dulcich did go in the, the middle of the 11th at the uh, 11.08. Um, so there's a few other very interesting names. But I feel like you mentioned Dulcich. I think once you go past him, probably Laporta, and with it being a rookie tight end, makes it a little bit questionable. He's probably the last one that I'm kind of sitting at two. But I feel like once you're into this range, you're, you're probably looking at um, a three tight end build unless you have two tight ends in that kind of first 10 rounds. I find after Fairmouth, you're kind of starting to get a little bit dicey at the second tight end. And how do you feel about that, Sean? I really like three tight end. Our, the roster construction explorer, the lessons that we put out, I mean, they're very heavy onto three tight end in this format. And it's one of the reasons why I think that you can wait. But even when you get one of the guys who is an impact player, the three tight end, just it, it gives you, especially this time of draft season, it allows you to not make those throwaway picks because you've got very good tight ends who go in rounds 17 and 18. And so as opposed to forcing a correlation receiver who is just not going to score any points and is going to hurt your chances to get through even that first section. I mean, we want to win. I mean, this draft is to win the regular season, right? We're trying to do that 
we're obviously also setting it up for the playoffs but even teams that don't do what caps team did last year and win the regular season they still have to get out of their leagues and i think that not making throwaway picks is a big part of that the roster construction explorer supports three tight end three tight end is great for this season Kevin, when we're looking at this next pick here, you mentioned Roshan. I've got a lot of him. Jalen Warren is pretty trendy. If he makes it one more pick, he'll be below ADP, which I don't necessarily see a lot with him as a riser. You mentioned you were out on Miller, which I certainly think is fine, especially with him being the third string guy who is injured. Do you have other ways that you want to look at playing this? I think we go Warren past it. He might get sniped right here. Um, I like Warren a lot with, with, with the JSN. I also like Algier a ton. Roshan sometimes make it back. I love Roshan, but I like Algier a lot too. But I think we go Warren here for the week 17. What do you guys think? I'm good with that. Yeah, I, I love Warren there. It's, I mean, I don't want to set up a play that is just completely fading Najee Harris, but when we're looking at zero RB and the way it's worked historically, and one of the reasons why it works is you do get these setups where the starter is overrated and people feel like because of a draft situation because of what he has done from a workload perspective in the past that he's locked in that he has this very wide moat when in fact the opposite is the case it's not to say that Najee couldn't bounce back and have a Josh Jacobs type of season I mean there are reasons to believe obviously that Jacobs is much more talented some of those do obviously stem from what he did last year though which Nashi Harris owners will tell you that, I mean, you, you got to still wait for that. But we have a lot of reasons to believe that there are some talent issues there. And then the backup showed a lot last season, his explosiveness, yards before contact, yards after contact, those types of things. If that offense does lean really heavily into the run, which I hope it doesn't, because I'm pretty heavily invested in their passing game as well. But Warren becomes just a complete no-brainer pick. Uh Algiers is fun. I, the the only problem that I have with Algiers is that I like. I mean, I have a lot of Algiers in Dynasty, so there was a disappointment element when when they added Bichon. But I have a lot of Bichon now in all formats. It's just it's hard to like emotionally deal with the idea that he could get hurt. But obviously he could, and if he does, <laughs> Algiers is going to score a ton of points. It does seem like those are the two guys for this pick. Is that where everybody's at? And, and then we hope Love makes it back. <laughs> he probably will. We have both passed. He, he should. He really should. Like, but you know, we have seen that parent. But he is somebody who we're looking at at that next selection. So, uh, yeah, I think I think we're probably looking here at a running back, and then we're probably holding off quite a bit on on running back. I know we have, we we love Chuba Hubbard, but might be one of our final selections here. Uh, Johnson, the way you want to go? Yeah, I definitely do, especially because we both love Bijan. Sean loves Bijan, and we. Let's draft as if Bijan doesn't get hurt. I do think that Algier is probably the best handcuff in the in the draft, and it's funny that he goes like way past Mitchell. I guess that's because maybe Mitchell goes off without with CMC healthy, but Algier seems like a total smash in zero RB teams. I think as well. Part of that is obviously we're hoping that we see Atlanta take a step forward and that offense improve, and you know the young players rising up together. But if you're looking at which offense you expect to score more points this season, there's no doubt that people would have a lot more belief in Ken Shanahan and the 49ers offense to do that versus what we're going to see in Atlanta. So you mentioned there, there's a chance that he goes off even if CMC's healthy. There's you know there's also more of a chance that he goes off a lot more. <laughs> because the offense is a lot better if something happens to CMC. The one pick I want to call out here is at 140, that is the 1208. We see Justin Ross go off the board. 
one pick after Rishi Rice. So I did get a, a pop up on my phone today, maybe about two hours ago, that some positive news around Ross. We did joke about it on the the show that we recorded at the same time. So I'm talking about this. This is Sunday. You're listening to this on Wednesday. Those uh, puff pieces, that news can can really affect some ADP. Justin Ross, prior to this, was going undrafted. How are you feeling with that, Sean? And I do think that, I mean, Justin Ross is one of my five wide receivers to target late when you get kind of locked out. uh, In the 12th round? Well, late, 12th (laughs) round is not not late yet here. When you get locked out, when you have wide receiver avalanche drafts, obviously Peter Overset and I doing the best ball banana stand get avalanched every week. So we have to have contingencies in place. I do kind of think that 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 was a timeout right there. And so their cue, I mean, you get in spots where maybe your cue is to remind you of somebody for later and then if you time out you get the guy in your queue so it could have been a little bit of that element man if justin ross is who he was as a freshman in college the kansas city chiefs are going to go even more scorched earth than usual which obviously i would be a fan of so we'll see laporta did go there he was somebody i was hoping was going to get back to us we talked about love as a potential option coming back to us here this will be right around where his adp is Cole Komet was somebody you said though that you didn't really want, but at this point he is. If he makes it to us, going to be well, he goes off the board. I was going to say it was going to be fourteen picks after ADP. Uh, certainly would have kind of come into play there. Sam Laporta did go at the fourteen four, so that's him out here for us, who would have been a, a prime target for me anyway. We are one selection away. Who are are, are you wanting to to get Jordan Love on this roster? Um, or the other player I mentioned was Chuba Hubbard, but we now have five running backs. We have six wide receivers, one tight end, one quarterback. Normally I'd be screaming to get Hubbard here, but this feels like a place to get Jordan Love and see what comes back. Yeah. I mean, I like Jordan Love here a lot. I know we all do. Um, you guys- well, wait, except for Sean. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, in terms of potentially passing it, and we don't really have another player we want to pass it for, so we won't pass it, but we also have Matthew Stafford sitting here below ADP. Yeah, I mean, I'm down to go to go both. I mean, I think we need love with the double stack, and I'm thinking we get Musgrave as well as one of our late tight ends. <laughs> Just get a fully clothed uh, Jordan Love, which I love as a strategy. Unfortunately, we don't have Dylan or Aaron Jones. I, I haven't uh, heard the phrase fully. Maybe I'm missing out here. I haven't heard the phrase fully clothed before rather than naked, so fully clothed. Sean made an interesting point. For people watching in, Sean, I'm going to ask this question because people might be wondering. I assume that we are drafting and the ADPs and the the rankings that are showing up here is your rankings have been updated into the site. Is that that why we're seeing some of those? Like, for example, there we had... Oh, we're on the board now. We'll answer that question after. (laughs) We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. 
Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Cap, where are you on Spears? I mean, I really like Spears. I mentioned on Crane's show that I know his cousin, and I actually do. And I'm here, I, whatever I hear from him. It's on the grind. About Derrick Henry. So are we going Spears here? Yeah, yeah, I'm down to go Spears. The That's thing a, is, that I like running backs here, guys. But I really like Puka Nakua. I really like Jalen Hyatt, and we could go eight wide receivers there. It's probably not smart. So maybe we just go Hyatt, but I really like that Rams Giants game week seventeen. If we want to get a Rams spring rack, either Puka, I know it's Sean loves Tutu, and uh, Zach Evans is also a good pick. But that would put us at eight wide receivers if we went two more, which seems a bit extra. Although we really do have elite running backs on this team. Yeah, the running backs for 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 me looking at these, we are pretty loaded at the the running back position with a lot of the targets that we would want to have. There will be some options for us here moving forward, potentially at wide receiver with. Wendell Robinson, Hyatt, some other options as well coming in late. And it depends on how you're trying to stack these teams up. The Giants do offer that option to to stack up late. We've talked about that a little bit with the the Patriots as well, for example. So that that opens up the door to some wide receiver options for correlation that we might want. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's turning out to be a, a team that I that I really really do like. But Sean, I was asking that question on. The rankings that's showing up obviously they're in a slightly different order than people might be used to in underdog you have uploaded your rankings to the site yes these are these are my rankings they're actually blended rankings from myself and michael dubner who is a fantastic best ball guru make sure you check out his work on the site make sure you check out his tool for tracking your teams it will really revolutionize for you kind of what you're seeing there helping with your preparation so those are the rankings i love the way this team is set up right we got the wide receivers early we have that zero rb start and yet as cat mentioned the running back firepower i think is pretty elite we have swift javante williams devin a chain jalen warren roshan johnson and tyje spears i mean that's really i mean that's the perfect roster for me in terms of how you build out running backs once you've waited through the beginning and even despite (laughs) such a good setup at both running back and wide receiver we have darren waller there as a potentially elite tight end that part of it is perfect so we have three picks left and we can really go a lot of different directions from a structural perspective probably two of the picks should be tight ends and we could add a late qb if we want now we had mentioned uh matthew stafford he did actually go in the interim. I was going to ask you, Sean, on that. You mentioned, obviously, we have the Week 17, basically both teams facing off against each other in Week 17 with the Giants side and the the Rams side. Um, Would you rather have gone there with the option to take um, Stafford? No, I I think, I mean, we're we're leaning 
into Green Bay. And I mean, I love the talent on Christian Watson. I think that it's a little bit of a risky way to play it with love. I think with Romeo Dobbs, you get a less risky way to play it, but both guys could blow up. And that's what we bet on. This team is perfect that way. Trey McBride would give us a tight end opposite Devontae Smith. And then we could go for Musgrave. We could also uh, take one of these receivers that you mentioned. Cap, do you like McBride here or Hyatt here? I think we go Musgrave and then push McBride, talk about whether we want two pieces of this Giants game. Because I really think that the Giants... Uh, okay, I'll let you break it, but I would take McBride over Musgrave even with the tiebreaker. I hope we got McBride back here. Okay. Okay. So, I don't ever get too worried about taking uh, about McBride. I mean, he, I've got a lot of him. He's my most rostered tight end. A lot of that came from the first, well, a lot of that came before I felt like there was a pretty good chance they were going to throw out a late round rookie <laughs> to play the first half of the season at QB. So, I mean, that part of it is a little bit tricky. Um, yeah, but no, we have Musgrave. So that's perfect. We have that set up. Cap. Oh, McBride did go. Okay. So we have Hyatt here. We have Mayer. So let's look at these tight ends. Fant would be have. a potential option as well. Fant, Henry is somebody who is just wildly undervalued. Henry. Now, the one thing else with Henry, we have seen in a good few drafts him go undrafted. So we could potentially try and get him as that last pick. Yeah, he kind of sets us up for the potential last round. I get the strong feeling, Cap, that you're, you're wanting Hyatt here, which... I mean, I can't imagine a much more fun pick than that. Yeah, I mean, he's the Blitnikoff winner. He he had a massive breakout. I mean, I, I really don't get the hate. I think he has a massive week-to-week ceiling. Real speed demon. So I I go high here. I, I'm surprised you guys really stress three tight ends. I'm, I apologize for getting uh, Musgrave over McBride. but I think I, it's going to be hilarious because Musgrave's going to end up being the person now that wins us all the money, and I'll have yeah, to re-release no, this no. podcast after the That's fact, perfect. and people will be like... That guy's in there. So, uh, but yeah, no, you I can just, never I, get I like, locked out like at tight end because you have Hunter Henry in the. I mean, like you said, Hunter Henry doesn't go drafted. And if. And there's a chance Mayer last back too. There's a chance all these guys at tight end last back. Like, you know, we do we do see from different drafts and different orders. Cap, you had mentioned taking the really wide range of outcomes players. That's what Colum and I have been preaching for, I'm going to say decades, but the show is not that old. For a while. The article in now, our- Sean, is one decade old almost. Almost 10 years. The zero RB article is. So we're, we're getting closer to the decades thing with that. You obviously will take that with Musgrave. Or, or I was going to say, when you're looking at wide range of outcomes, does that include rookie tight ends for you? I'm guessing because we took Musgrave that it does. Do you feel comfortable going with two rookie tight ends? Or is your preference for Henry or Fant to come back around? Or do you have another name you want us to look at as well? No, I'm down for, for Mayor. I didn't realize we had Cooper Cup, so I'm less like press to get Puka or Tutu. I like the, the tight end class this year. So I think it's a good year to bust that narrative. Musgrave seems like he's locked into to tight end one role. He does from the report and it does seem to be, it's a case of, I guess, as optimistic as I want to be as a Packers fan, you know, you're, and I guess part of the way of drafting this roster, you're looking at range of outcomes. The best range of outcomes is the Packers are good enough to go on and win a division this year, which means, these wide receivers and this tight end along with the young quarterback are doing very well and then this team obviously is going to do very well as a result so i just haven't that, that's the first time i've drafted luke musgrave outside of dynasty all season but uh i do think for this particular roster if we're going all in with the packers it, you know i think it's a good pick 
Yeah, and I mean, I feel really good about the Packers because of who they face. They face the Vikings, they face the Bears, and they face the Lions all season. So even if they don't win those games, I mean, they're going to be facing, you know, porous defenses with really high-scoring games. And you would think that the Tampa Bay, Carolina, Minnesota slate in the playoffs could also be very favorable. I, I'm actually pretty excited about both Godwin and Mike Evans with <laughs> Baker Mayfield trying for this last gasp to prove himself. I think they'll throw it around the yard. I don't think that team is going to be awesome, but I think they will need to throw. They have no running back play. You could get that as a week 15 shootout. And then the Panthers, that could be a rising defense. And yet I think that team is going to go as Bryce Young goes. And while I think those Panthers pieces are bad picks for the regular season, you could see him emerging down the stretch. And again, trying to create that shootout. We are three picks away. Both Mayer and Henry are both there. Cap, you've created a perfect draft for us. This is like the $3.5 million draft is what we're going to call it. Um, who do you like for this last selection? Uh, I like either Fant or Mayer. I, I think maybe Mayer with the wider range of outcome. We would get Fant with the uh, oh, against the Steelers, yeah. But the, the Steelers then in Week 17. I think Mayer. He, I, he's getting really under-noticed. I mean, I thought he was the best tight end in the class. I didn't really know about Musgrave, who's very fast for being 6'5". He's really fast. I think Musgrave is an incredible talent, but I like Mayer a lot. He seems like a, a Gronk type. He does. I, that's that's the name that always kind of comes up for me when I'm thinking about it. Now, Gronkowski still was more athletic, but one of the things with Mayer is that in addition to the kind of timed athleticism, is that he doesn't he doesn't look athletic in his highlights. And so I think that it's very easy to think, okay, well, this is like just a guy. And then you look at the numbers and you look at some of the highlight catches where he's out there somewhat covered and yet the quarterback forces it to him because he trusts him and then the ball manages to slip through. Mayer makes a one-handed catch that seems impossible and then drags the guy. I mean, you're talking about, again, someone with incredible production coming out of college who could just flat out be a star right away? I don't, and this is again one of the reasons why I think that you are pressed to do two tight end in most drafts, and I think that late tight end is so effective at least right now. Is I mean, Mayer in round eighteen makes absolutely no sense to me. I love that we were able to add him as the last piece to this draft. So we've made it through all eighteen picks. We were able to get zero RB as we wanted. We start with the five wide receivers. There were Cooper Cup, Devontae Smith, Devo Samuel, Christian Watson, and Jackson Smith in Jigba. We're able to get Romeo Dobbs in round 11 and Jalen Hyatt in round 17. That was really the cherry on top of this draft. That part, I think, went really well. We were able to get Darren Waller, so we have an elite tight end for the playoff portion. And then I mean, we're taking a little bit of injury risk with DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams, but two of the what would you say cap are they two of the 10 most talented running backs in nfl two of the seven most talented why are they available at this part of drafts i mean people are just afraid of week one i think and just afraid of injury risk and that's something we're buying into here i mean i think they're both very talented and uh i always tell my friend javante williams is a play of modern science like modern science. <laughs> you know like you got to just trust the science here and that javante will be back to, to full strength this, this running back room is absolutely nasty, and I do believe A-Chain will be going around where Swift is going or Rashad White. 
So I, I really think this team has the potential to to vibe for the regular season prize. And there's obviously a potential with those three guys that, you know, injuries or well, what they say, we don't know yet, but with Swift and uh, Williams, that injuries do play their part this year and they don't achieve what we think they're going to achieve. But those three running backs and those three offenses heading into 2024, I keep mentioning Sean and Ben when they do their drafting, basically the future year's first two rounds. I don't think they might get into the first two rounds, but from where they are now, I think those guys will all be top four round picks next year. I think that's not really been that bold. I think if you're being bold, you say they'll be in the you know, in the, the second, third round range. Yeah, and I think that uh, Javante Williams, another reason why I love to target him, besides the fact that he's potentially massively undervalued, which Sean alluded to, is that Sean Payton's going to be running the ball like crazy. He was on quote saying that Russell Wilson, he's not going to rely on him too heavily. He's only going to need him eight to ten times a game. I, I think the running backs for the Broncos are going to be absolute smashes, like real smashes. Qu- question on that for you. You did mention that you were a bit out on, on Jerry Judy. Is is that part of the fear with Judy that they're just not going to pass enough? Yeah, that's the fear there. And, I mean, that perception reception guy, he's been spreading a bit of FUD about Jerry Judy not being a good route runner, but I don't buy into that. It's mostly about not targeting the Broncos. And that I love Drake London in that range. I love, uh, I think Drake London's a first round talent, and as well as Christian Watson, who I kind of see as this year's Amon Ross St. Brown. How are you feeling, Sean, as we look at this roster? I think out of all the, like, we've done quite a few drafts so far. I think this one is a lot of fun, but has a, a huge amount of upside. And that might be just me being biased with some Packers added into this one, but I'm excited with this roster. Yeah. When you have that Cooper Cup play, and it's really, awesome to have cap on and talking about some of his favorite games to go after to be looking at this game with cup and then coming back and having a daniel jones team i don't have a ton of those we have jalen hyatt who is somebody that because of the log jam there at receiver because i do think that isaiah hodgins is pretty good and then if you throw in wandale coming back and being healthy at some point if you have I mean, one of the things i don't necessarily buy into even though i think that he is a fine player when he's healthy but paris campbell in round 14 where he goes here i think it's really hard to justify that pick but it does create you know more risk for hyatt and so i guess i see some of the same risks for this giants team with daniel jones that cap is talking about with the broncos I'm very comfortable leaning into that as well, especially on certain teams where you have it set up properly. And I like having Daniel Jones with these upgraded weapons with an elite coaching staff. And you have to be a year early as opposed to, you know, trying to follow these guys up the board. And so if we're saying that last year was Daniel Jones establishing a little bit of the beachhead, one of the things that was kind of interesting when I was looking at the hybrid quarterbacks as rookies is that Jones was the one who actually put together pretty decent win rates for that rookie season, but he's had a hard time consolidating it until last year. He was good, not great and not a super high score. But if you look at a guy who could take a realistic next step, who could be, I mean, in the previous show, we talked a lot about Justin Fields. The only disappointments we would have in this draft, but we really wanted to get Fields and we really wanted to get Pitts. And both of those guys went well ahead of where they yeah, usually they're, go. They're close. Yeah, sometimes that happens. And so you have to have obviously lots of contingency plans. But if you're looking for like the poor man's Justin Fields, then Daniel Jones is perfect for that. And so I love that we were able to set up that play. 
And then my only question kind of globally would be, do we have enough quarterback firepower to make the rest of it succeed, right? Do we have the quarterback scoring to go with this team that otherwise looks like a potential regular season winner? Obviously last year, Cap had both Jalen Hurts and Joe Burrow. We're probably not going to get that level of scoring. And yet if you're going to have a team that looks weak at QB, you want to have it set up properly, which is what we have here. And so I love to hear him say that Christian Watson could be this year's Amon Ra. We really like Romeo Dobbs. He's got the great rapport with Jordan Love. And then we're making that bet with Musgrave in 16 that his athleticism is also going to elevate it. Cap, you talked about the favorable passing environment and scoring environment that we could have in the NFC North. When you have the team set up so nicely through those two quarterbacks, are Daniel Jones and Jordan Love enough just by themselves to feel like you're in the mix for the big prizes? No, but it easily could happen, especially with Danny Dimes. And the issue I have with the team is that we don't have the running back on their team because really we, we were betting huge on these offenses. And so it's a bit unsettling that we don't have like an A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones or, you know, one of the backups. I don't really like Saquon this year. I like Eric Gray, but I mean, that that's the only concern with the team it really is that we don't have the running back with these double and triple stacks, but it's interesting too on that because sean i would say this team is much more stacked between those two offenses than we would generally have in the drafts that we do together it's very concentrated so i think that part of it works nicely with the qbs cap was there any other considerations in terms of either maybe there's a spot where we can make a different running back pick or maybe late we take a third qb in a, in a roster like this if you don't have the stacked players with them are guys like a howl like a ritter who as i'm looking at here it doesn't have went for the last pick but yeah. i think went undrafted interestingly enough baker mayfield trey lance are selected i can so cap can you speak to that but then also kind of give us a sense of i mean you you mentioned drake london being this stud pick and yet i have a hard time selecting him when london and pitts seem like similar plays and one addresses a position that i mean you could maybe argue even and i have argued in some ways that it's easier to address but yet a position where you have that player in your starting lineup with a monster score that can differentiate you but i think we agree that i mean london and pitts are are massive talents and they could both hit and ritter has the the rushing ability as well i mean how does he go undrafted in drafts like this I, I guess i'm not understanding what drafters are doing yeah i mean i i don't know i'm taking naked ritter but <laughs> you're not you're not to that point with him no because i mean the offense is so concentrated right if he goes nuclear then then you better have london or pitts <laughs> but when we're talking about london and pitts i mean they literally set up like they i mean they uh their target shares and their target yeah, yards per route run were literally historic up there with A.J. Brown and the Titans, Julio Jones, Devontae Adams. And these are like top talents where I think Drake London is honestly better than Garrett Wilson. Maybe not for fantasy because he doesn't have that breakaway speed that Garrett Wilson has. But when it comes to route running, when it comes to frame, I think Drake London is up there as one of the top wide receivers in the league. And so when you can get such a concentrated offense with, with these amazing talents, I think you just have to, to bet on it. You know, I mean, uh, the coach for the Falcons said that he's looking to be more balanced. 
And they already were throwing about 30 times a game with Ritter. So if you up that to 34, we're looking at literally a potential for one of them to have like 16 targets in a game because they're probably going to have 35% target share each, maybe 40. And so that doesn't mean they're each going to have that every game. It's going to be lopsided. So you're going to get games where Pitts or London has literally 16 targets. <laughs> you know? So but I don't it know. Is the one thing, with it, it's a bit of a challenge to stack the two of them together in some of these drafts. But I, I do assume that a lot of the drafts where Ritter goes undrafted, it's a case that whoever has drafted either of those two guys has, has passed up on them. This roster, Sean, for me, you know, you could have went to a three quarterback build with it, but it didn't feel like at any point when we're making those selections that it, it really would have fit in. Like, you know, we could have passed on Musgrave for Howell, for example. Howell was three picks later, but again, then we'd have him running solo. I think with the way this team's built, we're really going for the upside scenario with the Packers. If the Packers are, are bad, this team is not going to be good. If the Packers are on a historic, uh, scoring season this team's gonna to win us a lot of money feels like that's the way we've built this side cap it's interesting on the falcons i don't understand how and kind of as colin was just mentioning i don't understand how either the pits or london drafter doesn't take ritter that's such uh, a, that's in the such 16th an, round every time i, I don't understand 18th round sean even in the 18th round they didn't take at all well i sometimes i think that the drafters on those teams have already set themselves at quarterback and there is maybe a concern that if you are playing through a quarterback who goes in 16 17 18 you might risk it and have someone take him and then you don't have another path which is one of the reasons why i like setting up washington san francisco so that you also have howl and purdy i've got some teams that are just howl and ritter and i actually think that when you think about it from a scenario perspective it's not underpowered Right. When you think about it in terms of maybe the normal outcomes, then that's not enough. But I mean, if, if Howell and Ritter hit, if they don't get benched, if they go through and they make that jump that puts them in position to be foundation quarterbacks in the future, just Howell and Ritter by themselves with their options, with that being game stacked, that's not underpowered. And you can do that at the very final rounds. Cap, do you, you've mentioned here about a lot of excitement about Atlanta, a lot of excitement about Chicago. I get the sense that you may have that game as one that you're playing very heavily through this season. Yeah. I mean, I'm playing that game very heavily through through the Bears fields and the pass catchers. When I get fields through London or Pitts, I try to leave every draft with either London or Pitts. I mean, their their stats last year uh, with target shares were literally historic. So I, I'm really targeting that game heavy. And my friend and I, uh, JJFC, was saying at this point he's going to have to get tickets to that game. <laughs> so, you know i mean yeah i'm i'm all in on the, those teams in that game and i mean when you can get you know watson at pick 40 and then we love dobbs too and musgrave i mean musgrave is six five with like breakaway speed almost <laughs> you know so you're just betting on the talent and hoping and praying that that love puts up enough fantasy which i really think he can look at what he did against the eagles with, with not even expecting to play so Sean, uh, Cap has got us a, a bit hyped here for this one. You know, we set the objective to win the regular season. I set the objective to win the regular season and the the playoffs. Win everything, basically. Three point five achieved, draft. Three point five. Have we achieved uh, our objectives here? Can can they cut us the check? Well, I mean, we've got to take Cap's prognostication on the Giants. 
right? I mean, if he's saying that this is the Daniel Jones breakout season, then that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing. I, I mean, I just said I think that Howell and Ritter by themselves can work. Now, I do usually set it up for a third QB, but I, I want to make the point that if the scenario that you're actually playing plays out, that that's not underpowered. And so you even want to consider doing some two QB teams like that because if the scenario you're playing plays out, you don't want to waste a third pick. So you want to play it both ways a little bit. I, I love what we've done here. I love the fact that we timed out and I was able to like barely get a chain in there. If we had taken Deshaun Watson, that would have been a huge bummer to, to destroy. Well, I would have ended up the draft and deleted it from anyone ever hearing it if that had happened. So deleted it we were like all right we'll auto pick the rest start over here with cat fresh but i I really wanted to have that selection like i said his adp is in the next spot coming back around to us so we did reach but you've made the case that he's going to go earlier kind of as a, a final note on the draft for us what are you seeing there and then also as it relates to kind of this three running back group that is so I don't know if controversial is exactly the right term, but it's difficult to play where you look at the betting odds, you look at the reporting, you listen to the rumors, and we have Dalvin Cook going either to the Jets, the Patriots, or the Dolphins. If you go to the Jets or the Patriots, then you really damage this running back play at the 2-3 turn or for Hall potentially middle of third. Now, one of the things that we have seen since the betting odds switch to favor the patriots is that stevenson is really falling you mentioned that a chain is going to go four rounds earlier i would imagine that you're pretty confident that dalvin cook is not going to go to the dolphins or perhaps for all three of these teams that he's actually not just not going to make any difference yeah and we saw a report that was pretty damning about his assault like paying off of somebody the, the lady that's in question so, I mean, that's pretty bad. Maybe it won't stop him from getting a job. If he does go to the Dolphins, okay, A-Chain's price is going to plummet, and that's going to be real bad. But I still think he's going to have ceiling weeks with his profile, with his role as a pass catcher in that prolific offense. So I'm not too concerned if, if Cook goes there, but it would obviously suppress his price crazy. So, I mean, I, I hope Cook goes to the Patriots because I have almost no Ramondre. I think he, he kind of is a dead zone back. I mean, I'm, I'm seeing – explain Ramondre to me before we go but yeah I mean I I really I would place large bet that a chain rises pretty dramatically after we see him catch a pass in the preseason that's all it's going to take is him to catch a pass and he's going to fly up the boards so you're not worried you're not worried about the two guys who are a good fit in the offense behind him or even perhaps starting the season in front of them, and you're not worried about... I mean, one of the things that's been so interesting with the Dolphins is how pass-oriented they are, how concentrated, obviously, they are in those two star wide receivers. We thought we might get more running back value in Miami. I think that, that probably will tick up the season, but it has to be a little bit of a concern in a three-way committee. I mean, they, they only had four draft picks, I believe, and they drafted him in the third round. Like That's, pretty, that's a pretty sizable investment in A-Chain. And I they think, love him. Yeah, I think they love him. And I mean, okay, they're good, but Moster, he's getting up there in age, and they both have had injury concerns. I mean, I really honestly see it kind of like the Texans with Marlon Mack. I mean, I get they're way better than Marlon Mack, but I don't know. Something's telling me that this is this is kind of a Damian Pierce situation. I could be dead wrong, though. Can we start making some Chris Johnson comps for Devin A. Chain? I mean, <laughs> I hope. I hope. I mean, 
yeah, I, I hope. I mean, I'll, I'll be very heavily invested in A-Chain, and I'm hoping he rises come August. So we're looking at the 100 percentile outcome there with a CJ2K uh, comparison. Be, I think we'll win. That's the case. <laughs> I, I think I think if he goes for 2,000 yards this season, he's a bargain in the 10th round. I will admit that. Uh, but an absolutely awesome draft. A lot of fun. Hopefully people have enjoyed listening in. We've loved doing it. John, it's been a, an absolute blast having King Cap on. Make sure you follow King Cap on Twitter at King Capital with a K. It will be in today's show notes if you want to check it out there as well. Sean, any final words as we, we close things out here? Just thank you again to Cap for coming on. This has been the perfect show for the perfect draft. We appreciate the kind words that he has given us, but also just the chance to pick his brain and get going here on 2023. How many more teams do you have to go cap? Are we still looking across various formats, you know, in, in the hundreds, how's your drafting schedule look over the next month? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to be about 75, 80 BBMs by August and early August. I'll look to get that to like 120, 125. But yeah, I have hundreds of drafts still to do. <laughs> just getting started. Just getting started. Yeah, started. So. We're in the heat of the season. Come NFL season, that's when we relax. And that's when we listen to your guys' shows and just chill out and enjoy you guys talking. That's the uh, that's the thing with these drafts. It's uh, the 23rd of August. You know, we're talking about, are we hundreds of drafts in? Um, you know, three years ago, that was not even uh, something you could contemplate at this particular point in time. So going to be fun. The run into the season We'll have uh, some more drafts coming your way, but thanks to King Cap for jumping on for this one. Hopefully this team gives us a little bit of fun throughout the season. We can track it on the show if it is having a successful run. If it's not having a successful run, we'll uh, we'll keep it quiet, but I think we'll have a, a fun time here, with, especially, Sean, there'll be some of the recap shows. I'm sure we'll have to hit this Packers stack up to see how we're going throughout week one, week two, week three of the season. That is going to do it for today's edition of the show. If you want to sign up over at Rotoviz, you can use the code RVRADIO2023 at checkout to get yourself 10% off. That will get you access to all of the content and tools up on the website, including all of Sean's work, Blair's work, and much, much more. You can also sign up over at Underdog Fantasy if you haven't played over there already. You can use the code Rotoviz to get yourself a 100% sign-up bonus up to $100. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at OverTomorrowland. My co-host is Sean Siegel. And until we are back, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.